The Coachella Valley is a unique place to grow up. There are about 800,000 people there when the weather is nice, older people with second homes, Kardashians. But when the dust literally settles and the snowbirds leave, the locals remain, about 200,000 of us. We're split into 13 cities, but it still feels small. The kids all grow up together, even at different schools. That kid's mom's my dentist, or his dad owns the sandwich shop. So you take those 200,000 locals, then narrow it down to kids of the same age, same classes, same youth soccer leagues, t-ball tournaments, and if you don't know somebody, you know someone who does. Desert kids stick together. We know what it's like to learn how to line dance in the school gym because it's so hot outside, the pavement will melt your shoes. Don't get me wrong, it's not a town with one general store and everyone is related to the mayor. Even though I was on the high school cheer team with the mayor's daughter, I digress. I tell you all of this because I am invested in what happened to Jonathan Darling Reynoso and Audrey Luis Moran. They're desert kids like me. And when something happens to one of us, the news travels. Today marks 33 days since a Coachella Valley couple disappeared. No one has heard from Jonathan Darling or Audrey Moran, but their families say they are not giving up the search. The weird thing is everyone's heard about their disappearance, but no one's really talking about it. The local news does anniversary specials, but there isn't really a news angle to do the story more frequently these days. It's now been three years since anyone has heard Jonathan's big laugh or admired Audrey's beautiful cheekbones. But you can't tell me that somebody in this desert doesn't know what happened to them on May 10th, 2017. I'm Samantha Cortese. I'm a journalist at KTLA. I was born and raised in the Coachella Valley. I worked there as a journalist, developing sources for a half a decade, and now I'm in Los Angeles. In this podcast, we're going to look at what we know about what happened to Jonathan and Audrey. We'll talk about the investigation as now we follow it in real time. The last time they talk to anyone will be of interest. We'll talk about bloodhounds, cars set on fire. I'm not going to pretend I know more than investigators because I certainly don't, but I will lay it all out and hopefully get you talking. Any updates will be in upcoming episodes, and everything we discuss is according to the Riverside County Sheriff's Department, Indio Police Department, local news, unless otherwise noted. This is California Crime, the disappearance of Jonathan and Audrey. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. To understand this case, you have to know the layout of the Coachella Valley. I'll mention a couple cities you need to know. So in your head, you have a blank piece of paper. Draw a line from the top left to the right. The line is Interstate 10. We call it the 10. It runs along the Coachella Valley, connecting desert cities from Thermal in the east to Palm Springs in the west. You've heard of Coachella Music and Arts Festival Coachella? It's not actually in Coachella, it's in Indio. Both of those cities are in the eastern Coachella Valley, the right side of your mental image. Then there's Palm Desert in the middle. That's where I was born and raised, went to high school there. A lot of people know Palm Desert for the gargantuan JW Marriott. It's the big hotel with the boats inside. The swans swim on the man-made lakes. Most people of a certain age know it from a popular episode of Saved by the Bell. Anyway, that's Palm Desert, that's central Coachella Valley, and next to that is Bermuda Dunes, the middle of your mental image. Then, Palm Springs, to the west. That's the playground of the stars, the Rat Pack, Presidents, White Party, a mid-century modern aficionado's dream. 
Palm Springs on the south side of the freeway, Desert Hot Springs on the north. That is the left side of your mental image, the end of the Coachella Valley. That's when you start seeing the windmills, or if you're a five-year-old Samantha, the fans. Desert rats know it as a big welcome home. Or it's about, you got two hours left to the beach or the mountains. And for thousands of us, it's 30 minutes left to the Cabazon outlets. You'll want to remember this. Using the freeway, it takes about 30 to 40 minutes from Palm Springs to Coachella, end to end. Of course, you could just rewind this by about a minute and follow along by looking at a map, but it'll be easier to remember. So we begin in the middle, central east-ish Coachella Valley, Bermuda Dunes. That is where 26-year-old Audrey Louise Moran worked on May 10th, 2017. She had beautiful, healthy, long brown hair, brown eyes, dark, long eyelashes, perfect complexion. She was gorgeous. I spoke with one of her high school teachers. Audrey went to Coachella Valley High School, the Arabs. A mascot I'm sure will not survive another decade. Her former teacher, Miss Penny Beasley Woods, told me she watched Audrey grow and yet stay consistent in her values over those formidable and sometimes testing high school years. She said, When I knew her, she was a teenager and very sweet, happy, outgoing, a good student, athletic, involved in school activities like ASB, very family-oriented, and they all supported her at our matches and games. She's referring to the volleyball team. She says, It's been devastating for everyone who knew her. Just an all-over nice person and good friend. Audrey is a desert native like myself, and she worked at the Extra Space Storage in Bermuda Dunes until about 8 p.m. on May 10th. Then she drove east to see her sister in Coachella. She's not there long. Audrey tells her sister she's leaving to go pick up Jonathan Darling Reynoso. Jonathan is Audrey's friend. Initially, news outlets reported the two were dating. Then friends clarified saying it was not serious or exclusive. Authorities say Audrey was going to pick up Jonathan, who'd been in Brawley with friends, to take him back to his apartment in Palm Desert. So for this, we need to check back in on that map. Brawley, not on it. Right. Brawley is more than an hour south of Coachella, close to the Mexico border. Authorities say they were meeting somewhere between Coachella and Imperial County, or Brawley. Then she was going to drive Jonathan to his apartment in Palm Desert. The reason I tell you this is Brawley to Palm Desert is about an hour and a half drive. Now, if that's not someone you're at least a little bit interested in, most of us would not even go to LAX for people we love. So that's an hour and a half drive. Audrey has a funny conversation with her sister, one her sister would tell the news with a laugh. Wherever she is right now, she's telling me not to repeat the whole conversation. But she knows it ended with, I love you. And as we know, the last I love you. Audrey leaves. That is the last time anyone reports seeing Audrey Luis Moran. Then around 8.45 p.m., Audrey's mom got a text from Audrey's phone. It was a picture of Audrey and Jonathan, but the picture wasn't from that night. The picture is now the one we see on the first missing persons flyer. On May 10th, 2017, Jonathan Darling Reynoso is 28 years old. He's living at the Regent Apartments in Palm Desert with a roommate. What Jonathan was doing that day isn't outlined anywhere, but we do know he was on Instagram. He was reportedly active earlier in the day, and then again the night of May 10th. Like Audrey, Jonathan was always talking to someone. He talked to friends, he had group chats on Instagram. Heck, his friends even called him T.O. Jonathan. These are the boys. 
the boys you wish you could hang out with on weekends, the ones you're thinking of right now that you've known since high school. These are the ones your boyfriend will ignore you for. (laughs) Friends say they miss his big contagious laugh. His mom writes to him nearly every day on Facebook. She thanks the boys. She calls them the musketeers. She calls them her rock. John isn't the kind of person who would just not reply for a few days. Plus, Jonathan didn't drive, and he needed Wi-Fi or a hotspot to use his phone. Other than being on Instagram, we know someone ordered pizza to his apartment on May 10th at 5.44 p.m. The phone number on the receipt was Jonathan's New York area code, which explains all the Yankees hat in his pictures, who answered that call at Domino's could have been one of the last people to speak to Jonathan. The last person we know for sure who may have heard his voice because his friends only got this last message, an ominous message. In current conversation, it means that's effing hilarious. On May 10th, around 9.15 p.m., Jonathan replied to a meme in his group chat on Instagram saying, quote, I'm dying right now. No one has heard from him since. The next day, Thursday, family and friends reach out to no avail. Jonathan, Audrey, not answering their phones. No one has seen them. No one has heard from them. Audrey's not on social media. Jonathan isn't responding. Family and friends start to worry, and police start to look for the two. It's been 24 hours. In the morning, now Friday, May 12, 2017, Jonathan and Audrey are officially reported missing. At 8 a.m., the Indio Police Department used OnStar, the 24-7 roadside support system, to track and find Audrey's 2010 GMC terrain. Except it was not in the desert. It was not in Imperial County or specifically Brawley. It was past the windmills, far from home. Her car was found on the west side of the westbound 10, off the Oak Valley Parkway in Beaumont. Indio Police says no sign of foul play, no forced entry, Plenty of gas, the car was operating normally, and nothing to indicate a struggle. Indio Police says no blood or, quote, anything like that inside. Sergeant Dan Marshall, now retired, said fingerprints found inside the car were sent out to a lab. It's been three years, and still police haven't said what insight that may provide, if any. There were no cell phones found. Audrey's cell phone records indicate her phone did not use any cell towers outside of the eastern Coachella Valley, specifically Indio and Coachella, on Wednesday, May 10th, 2017. Audrey's phone is still off, and there has been no activity since midnight, May 10th, 2017. Caltrans officials say the cameras on Interstate 10 do not record footage and are specifically for showing live traffic conditions. Riverside County brought out bloodhounds, highly regarded as some of the best in the nation, and traced Audrey and Jonathan's scent for about 50 feet. And then, gone. Law enforcement calls them voluntary missing adults. About a month later, Audrey's parents start to expand the search beyond the Coachella Valley. What were we watching on TV? A program about missing persons. Never in my mind did I care that, uh, to me, that, you know what, my daughter is already missing. Nothing like that. We... We... 
We've never thought of anything like this happening. They've traveled hundreds of miles to search for Audrey and Jonathan. They spend their days passing out flyers and talking with anyone who will listen. Towards the end of the day, you know, you're going to bed and you realize you didn't hear anything else. It's just a matter of keeping the faith, not losing it, and completely ask for prayer from anybody who can offer it. On this day, they're going to Mexicali. Giving up is not an option. It is a missing person. But my lap is still the same, it's never miss. Doesn't matter what. The rest of my life I'll be waiting. Sorry. Thank you to NBC Palm Springs for allowing us to use their media. Reporter Kitty Alvarado has been keeping this investigation in people's headspace. She posts monthly, she posts stories with slightly new information. It's about this time, a month after Jonathan and Audrey are missing that the Riverside County Sheriff's Department acknowledged they were no longer voluntarily missing, saying the couple is now classified as missing under suspicious circumstances. Sergeant Walt Mendez of the Riverside County Sheriff's Department's Central Homicide Unit said, they wouldn't walk away from them. They have family who love them. We haven't uncovered any reason they would voluntarily leave their loved ones. The first days, I just kind of kept to myself, you know, it's, it's really difficult. Um, even just hearing the door open at home, it's not knowing that it's not her walking in the house. Um, but I, 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 I'm doing much better now. That's Audrey's mom. She's standing alongside Audrey's dad, doing a local news interview about a week and a half after Audrey went missing. She doesn't talk to the media these days and has been pretty quiet on Facebook. My emotions are just off the roof. Different scenarios go through our heads, you know, and the not knowing is the worst part for any parent. Um, it's almost like torture, that's what it is. And uh, little by little, day by day, as long as we um, collaborate with the police department and just have faith in them also that they're good doing their job is what we're relying on right now. It's just abrupt. It's really completely out of character for Audrey. Um, she's never done that before, ever always communicated, whether it be text, whether it be a call, always. So, but as far as their relationship, I didn't know anything if there was any struggles or anything like that going on between them. We have been in contact with Ms. Uh, Myra Torres. Um, I know that she's got some more flyers coming out soon. Um, we haven't met personally, but we have been in contact. But it's, it's just, I just wish that if my daughter was actually watching us. We know, we know, we know and we have faith that she's going to come home. But I just need her to know if she's out there and she's listening to us. Mija, mom and dad are like worried as heck. And it's just, we need you home. We need her home. Everybody's torn. Not only ourselves, but also Jonathan's mom. It's just a struggle that we go every day when we wake up, at night when we go to sleep. Not even sleep sometimes because, like I said, our thoughts are just running through our heads like crazy. But Mayha, if she's out there, please reach us in any way, any way that she can. So that's what we know for sure. But of course we have questions, and I want to go back to the pizza box. The pizza was ordered to his apartment, Jonathan's apartment, in Palm Desert at 5.44 p.m. Palm Desert, Central Valley. To get from Palm Desert to Brawley, we would take about an hour and a half. 
He'd have had to get lightning fast pizza service, scarf down the pizza, leave the remnants and the pizza box in record time to get from Palm Desert to Brawley by 8 p.m. just to have Audrey go pick him up? And if he didn't drive and Audrey had to come get him, how did he get there? I grew up right next to the apartment complex where Jonathan lived and had oodles of friends who lived there in the past. If the person who picked up Jonathan drove into the complex, police could have video of it. There are security cameras in the facility, and some web sleuths have posted photos of the direction of those cameras in 2017. If Jonathan walked out of the complex to meet someone, there may be no security footage. Jonathan's family has talked openly in news interviews and in responding to comments online. They don't think Jonathan ever went to Brawley. Investigators say no one has come forward saying they were meeting Jonathan there or have information about the alleged friends he was supposed to be with. I've reached out to friends, family, investigators. I've received an array of replies, which are totally acceptable. Jonathan's mom was so thankful and gracious in telling me she doesn't want to do media this year. She says... She posts nearly every day on Facebook and wants to take some time to herself. My son, never in a million years did I think I'd be writing this letter to you. You woke that morning not knowing your actions were about to be one so many would track to the minute or change or recreate. On the one-year anniversary of their disappearance, Jonathan's mom, Myra, posted this emotional open letter to Jonathan. I close my eyes and I see I am dying right now. I can't ever say those words in a joking manner anymore, for they were the last known message. Oh, was it? It is so frustrating, this wait. No answers. I ask myself perplexed how the hell did two people disappear? I told Dad one day how I couldn't do this anymore, this waiting. He told me to remember. I told him I was tired of crying, so he said, remember. Remember things like when his cheeks were puffed out and I would squeeze them, asking you what was in your mouth and you would spit a whole lot of milk. Oh, how I laughed. And then I cried. I cried because I miss you so. I have so many of those childhood memories and I'm overwhelmed with the thoughts I didn't do enough. I then must remind myself you didn't go missing as a child. Like a child, I wonder if you would have yelled out stranger danger more readily than trusting someone on your own whim as an adult. I cry myself to sleep, and then in the morning I awake fresh and renewed to begin the cycle of a robot, to then fall asleep the same way. We each have worked hard to find a place where the injustice of this all doesn't sleep, with fear that someone may forget the horror of forgetting your existence. I can't let that happen. My unconscious has this guilt, and I'm learning to heal from it. I know Mother's Day is a magical time for many. It's not the easiest time for me now. The first weekend was wrenching. I have walked all these seasons without feeling the change. I just hope that when night meets day, the sun will rise and you'll be home again. I love you. If you want to read those posts, it's called Find Jonathan. It's a Facebook group. She also gave me a list of friends to reach out to. Most of them didn't reply at all. One friend said she wants his better friends, the boys, the tribe, the musketeers, to talk first 
because she wouldn't feel right being the one to talk to media without them talking first. All of my investigative sources initially agreed to an interview, but I imagine down the chain of command was told no, and I was given a generic answer that there is nothing new to know, so there would be no new interview. But there is something new to know. There was a search warrant served on Audrey's ex-boyfriend's house. We'll get to that next time on California Crime. This has been episode one of California Crime, The Disappearance of Jonathan and Audrey, a KTLA podcast production. Hosted and produced by me, Samantha Cortese. Special thanks to producer Bobby Gonzalez for the help with audio. Olson Ebright for the green light to tell this story. If you know anything about Jonathan and Audrey's disappearance, please call the designated hotline. It's 760-393-3544. You can choose to remain anonymous.